0: Hello and welcome to Open All Hours, the QPR podcast. It's me again, Clive Whittingham from Lough trusted with hosting, which means things must be going badly, things are on fire again, and indeed they are. 2-1 defeat at Brentford on Friday, and a 2-1 defeat again against Bristol City last night to dissect. Here uh, with me to do that is Jack the Statsman. Jack Supple. Jack, how are you, mate? Very well, thank you, Clive. Cheers. Hair looking immaculate. We were doing the hair chat before we came on, so I like, just uh, you're winning at that, clearly. Someone who uh, <laughs> who clearly isn't winning at hair. Paul Finney. Yep, how I'm as bald as you are, Clive. It's very <laughs> it's very fresh in the mornings, isn't it? <laughs> it is need my hat uh dan trolfer who has a book out second week in a row for for someone with a book out so we can uh, we can plug that in a bit dan i've been reading it it's been distracting me very good so Thanks, for mate. tales of bobby gould how are you
1: yeah uh, well yeah apart from the last two results pretty good yeah not too bad
0: yeah looking forward there's...
1: to maybe going back <laughs> we, will come on lose.
0: To <laughs> we will come on to that ballots and uh when we can go how many of us can go do we actually want to go jab me up um <laughs> we'll come on to that at the end let's uh let's drag ourselves through the necessary <laughs> to begin with starting on Friday night at Brentford um where stop me if you've heard this one before we played very well uh didn't take uh, all the chances we created took one very good goal um shafted a little bit by a referee lost 2-1 uh jack the stats for uh, our record
2: against Brentford are pretty bleak, is that fair to say? Yeah, I think it's roughly eight eight defeats in the last 10 against Brentford. And I think we've conceded twice in every one of those games, all 10. So that's worrying in itself. And uh, yeah, I think in away London derbies, we've lost 18 of our last 24 in the league. So it was never, it wasn't written in the stars for us, that one, despite, you know, encouraging performance in, in certain patches. And I mean, there was another goal conceded at free kick and that takes... QPR's total to I think 40 set piece goals conceded since the start of last season which is obviously a championship high it includes penalties as well but yeah yeah
1: wasn't uh, that also the 20th out of 21 games we have lost on Friday nights as well
2: uh, yeah it, it's uh the Friday <laughs> night horror record uh, <laughs> news, which you know I just couldn't bring myself to to post that one in the end it's just I was so dejected from that defeat but yeah no not great against Brentford but there were green shoots, weren't there? But unfortunately, a couple of decisions went against us and uh, kind of changed the face of the game a bit.
0: I think if you're trying to give up smoking, this is probably not the podcast for you this week. Um, Finn, do you want to take a swing at Brentford? I did warn you last week, mate, all of this, we're going to do it this time, waving your hand yeah, and yeah, getting all excited. It was never really on, although it was better, right? You could you could at least say that. No, and this is what's just written. It's like kind of if we had carried on in
3: the first half, sorry, second half as, as we did in the first half, blah, blah, and turned the possession into goals, blah, 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 and didn't give away stupid goals, we'd probably be on the verge of the Champions League in the history of QPR. But we don't do that and we make it. But the, 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 the thing is, it's just losing to, to Brentford, whether you like it or not, it's it's embarrassing. That record is for a local derby is shocking, as is our record against Fulham and every other London club. Which worries me in the mindset of what we're setting this club up for. Um, Brentford, I didn't think that was that was winnable. That was one of the worst Brentford sides of us in recent. I don't know what you thought, Clyde, but I, I thought that wasn't normally they they head and shoulders and players off the park. Some nice, you know, that they're still finding their feet as well. I don't know. I just find it really depressing because we want to build a club with a fan base and. Bring in new players and et cetera, and rebuild, and it's just—it's so hard to take the defeat after defeat after defeat, and especially local defeats and bragging rights. We're, all we can brag about is our
1: ridiculously bad stats. It's all right, Finny. We're not allowed out to 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 brag to anyone. So this is no, but This is one I mean, year. It's one year where I've haven't, I I haven't seen a Brentford fan anywhere. So that's because I haven't left my house for the last month.
3: Well, no, this is true, but. The we wee buggers have got; they can catch you up on Twitter and so forth and everything else. But you know, that's if you allow yourself, Clive, to be taken into Twitter and respond to these. But it's just embarrassing. Like even with, I just, I just want to stick one up them. Do you know what I mean? It's just our record is a dismal, and it used to be quite good. They hadn't won at Loftus Road since the fifties, or we hadn't played them for ages. We had a bit of pride, blah blah. Everything's been taken away from us. Clive summed it up beautifully many many moons ago when he said, "We're not allowed nice things," and that obviously includes local derby bragging rights.
0: If we, um, I mean, fair enough. I get what you're saying. I've said it before myself in the past about local derbies, but let's, I mean, it doesn't it doesn't matter whether Brentford are a mile down the road or, or in a suburb of Newcastle, to be honest. The last two games, the games that we're going to talk about tonight, are exactly the same. They're exactly the same game twice. One of them had a dodgy refereeing decision in it, but it's QPR playing well for a period of time, failing to take chances, and then... Too easy to score against. And that was, you know, that was the case again on Friday. Dan, how did, how did you see Friday? I'm trying to bite my tongue because I've just finished writing the match report. I'm angry all over again and I can feel myself going off on one here. Um, so I'll bite my tongue. Dan, what did you think of Friday? Well, I think um, I was, you know, I was,
1: I, I'm, I'm the same when we lose games. I was the same last night and I was the same on Friday. I'm immediately really angry. And then the next day, I kind of get a bit more philosophical about it. And try to be a bit more positive for me, the the positive about the Brentford game was I was surprised how well we played for, for at least for the first half anyway. I mean that when you look at, I went to the Brentford game last year at their old ground and they, I mean, they destroyed us. I mean, it, it was embarrassing. I mean, that was embarrassing. You're talking about embarrassing now, that, def- that defeat to me wasn't an embarrassing defeat. It was, it's embarrassing that we keep losing to them, but, Friday night wasn't an embarrassing defeat because the game could have gone either way, it should have gone a different way. We, you know, that was a, uh, an awful refereeing decision, which, which was mm. pivotal to the game. I don't think we can deny that. But also, we played really well and for the first time in a long time. We really took the game to them. Um, we played some really good football and we should have got something out of it. And had we got at least a draw we deserved, we'd have all been feeling a lot better. But the problem is. We then go and do the same thing, exactly the same thing, uh, which is now last night, um, against Bristol. And that's what really annoys you because you go, right, okay, you've had bad luck on Friday. You played well. You should have done better. Now put it right. Get a result against Bristol for 40 minutes. looks like it's exactly what we're doing. I, mean, I thought that was the best 40 minutes of the season. I thought we were absolutely super. Some of the passing there was, I mean, it was, it was beautiful. But you're still shouting at the TV because we're getting the ball four yards from the goal line and not getting it in. It's just you know, it's it's incredibly frustrating, and and I think the reason it's frustrating is be, is because it's not it's almost worse than if we're really bad. We're not re- a really bad team. Like, you know, in every game we're showing we're actually quite a good team. But it's really annoying because that we're not translating those that great positive play into goals and, and results.
0: If we yeah. hang on if we hang on for the positives at the minute, I've been impressed with Willock. I think yeah. he he looks the part, yeah. He's a pretty slick player. And yeah. really surprised at actually how good Tom Carroll is. Like, I mm. I was very suspicious of that signing given the player that we had before when we were a good team. Like the idea of putting him after he'd sort of drifted out at Swansea into a poor QPR team terrified me somewhat but he's been good in, in both games so far so you know he's, he's played some fantastic passes
1: and his vision is, is really good I mean it, it's better than anyone else in the team I think
3: so then, what, what, do we, what do we need um, do we need to be more uglier do we need to be more robust do we need to be more competitive do we need to take our chances do we need to stop considering ridiculously stupid goals I mean all of them things, yeah. <laughs> yeah, four goals conceded and basically all are avoidable and that annoys a out of me. I don't mind a, a, what they call a worldie these days, what I used to call a good goal back in the old days when we shook hands and called the radio a wireless. Um, and, um, you know, you don't mind that. If someone whacks it in for 35 yards, hold your hand up and say, fair But every goal, the strikers seem to be goal side. And by the way, my one big complaint about last night is whoever at the club decided to tweet Naki Wells when he was playing saying not tonight, Naki, I should have put a 10 on him to score. I was so angry at myself because that was the most stupidest thing I've ever seen because know, we all know
0: that's going to bite you in the arse. I know I know. Twitter banter is all the rage between clubs at the minute, but I think when you're losing games, I, I, I know everybody thought it was hilarious and whatever. I wasn't a big fan of us giving it the Lego Dome stuff about Brentford's ground before the game on Friday. you going to win it. You know, we we never beat them. We didn't beat them on Friday. Let's, you know, if we're going to be a clever shit, let's at least wait and wait until after. It just makes us look a bit muggy. Um, which I I seem to remember using that exact word around the time that Wells left when we tweeted just happy to be here. And then two days later, he wasn't here. He was playing against us. So, it just He's makes good. us look muggy. Jack, answer Finn's question. What uh, what does it need? I've I've written a list while he was talking.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. Thank you. You know, I was just going to add about Willock, I think he brings like a nice balance to the the front four. And I think in turn, it, it means he, he's getting more space on the ball because Bright is doing what Eze did last year, where he's automatically drawing two or three, you know two defenders in. And maybe I think chair in the middle is starting to get a little bit more joy. I think he's developing, but I you know, he's got a long way to go yet. But you no, know, I, I like the look of Willock. It's just, I want to see 90 minutes from him, like, you know, a good performance throughout the 90 minutes, not just disappear in the second half after 60 minutes because fitness issues or whatnot um and you know in terms of what I think we need I think we're crying out for a Sean Derry type of centre midfielder in there someone that's a little you know younger than Cameron you know he's done a good job you know for the most part Cameron but you know he's getting on a bit and I think we need someone with a bit of steel in there because if you're a championship level midfielder I don't know how how put off you are when you see a a midfield of Carroll and Don Ball with chair in front. I I don't know if that's really very imposing or tall, you know, they all have their individual qualities, but I I feel there's definitely room for a a hard, hard midfielder in that it does dirty bits and does them well and can pass the ball. I feel uh, like
0: we've been focused so much on the need for a striker, which was genuine. Obviously we've spoken a million times before about how we were relying on lone strikers and, Finally, we were able to sign three strikers in Bond, Dykes and uh, Charlie Kelman this summer. And actually, when you look at the uh, the rest of the team, now we've sorted that problem of sorts, although all three of them are projects. The centre of midfield, like trying to compete in the championship, like you say, as well as Carol is playing, and he is, trying to compete with Don Ball, who couldn't even, couldn't get in the Rotherham team. I know he's done OK for us. Jeff Cameron is you know, really looks his age. Although, I mean, you would know this statistically, we do a lot better with Cameron in the team than we than we do without. But it's not, I just, I look at a lot, even someone like Alex Mowat from Barnsley, I know I've said him before, but I just feel like someone like that that can get box to box and both pass the ball without killing anybody and also put a tackle in would just, would transform the team.
2: Um I mean absolutely I mean looking at the Bristol City game like said, I agree with the comment about the first 40 minutes is one of our best performances but we don't seem to you know translate into a full game and you just know when you're watching us miss all these chances you know that there's going to be a sting in the you know the tail there's going to be a response and we're not defensively solid enough to you know give up all these missed chances it's going to come back to haunt us in both games it has done and you know that the tweet about Naki Wells I did I, did, I got you know I did win somewhat I mean on his record at Loftus Road, for example, he's got six in his last five for Bristol City and QPR at Loftus Road. And since the start of last season, he's got the most goals at the ground still, 13, you know, and he's only played there twice since February. So <laughs> it, it just shows you, <laughs> doesn't it? Like <laughs> you, but to, but to, to, it.
3: Going back as well, sorry, Clive, I know we're jumping all over the place, but I I kind of do that because that's what my brain is. Going back to the ref on Friday, um, it was ridiculous. But, that, you know, we can't keep using that as an excuse. I mean, Nick said it off. You know, he shouldn't have dived in like that on it on, on a yellow, albeit a stupid yellow, the first one. You know, and, and some of the way that he was booking our players and not their players, especially when um, your man assaulted. Um, God, this is what COVID brings. Like, I can't remember. He came out, Tony, and he attacked um, Halayman, didn't he? And that was a book at all day long. And they, they were getting away with murders, but... At the same time, we've got to stand up for ourselves a wee bit and I don't think we are. I think we're getting kicked too easily and for us to get a red card is ridiculous because we're not really a dirty team. In fact, we're far from it. We're far too polite. And also, this is what I want to ask you three about as well. Are we doing zonal when we're defending or are we going man-to-man? Because to me, it seems a wee bit of both and everyone just looks at each other thinking, oh, I thought we were doing that this week and that this week and that last week. Communication, tactics, whatever, that back four is a mess or am I being
0: harsh? Trying to host a podcast with you as the guest, Finney, is like trying to nit fog. Right? <laughs> so, let's...
3: Uh, let's um, I like
0: that especially Can I keep that? Yes. Uh, referee. Okay. Uh, let's do the referee. and <laughs> Referee from Friday was poor. Poor decision. Kane should have been sent off. Both of his yellow cards are yellow cards. Like okay. you say, Ivan Tony basically seemed to have a diplomatic immunity from a yellow card. Particularly the hammer line one. When you chase somebody back down the field in retribution and boot him up in the air, it's a yellow card. Like, to not get one was strange. I also thought that uh, Dalsgard screaming in the linesman's face in the first half and not getting anything and then Dom Ball getting booked for descent for spiking the ball in the second was inconsistent. Um, and someone took, uh, um, sorry, someone took so as well, didn't he, Jensen? Uh, Jensen yeah, Jansen came on, it kicked, so. kicked him straight in the back. Referee saw it, called them both together for a word. So, yeah, look, referee was poor. Um, I think I'm, I've asked my refereeing man about this and he's not sure. I think that the PGA, MO, MOL or whoever it is that do these appointments are currently using the lack of fans in the ground to give bigger more intense championship games to less experienced referees than than they otherwise would i don't think with full stadiums you get a referee who's only been on championship list for nine months doing watford qpr and brentford qpr which is what we got um i i would usually expect to see a Simon Hooper, Tim Robinson, Paul Tierney dropping down type for those two games. So to get Michael Salisbury, who's only been on the championship list a year, uh, and then Matt Donoghue the same for those two games, I just feel like they're using the lack of crowds and we've paid for that in those two games. That said, it's a goal off a set piece, again, um, that we set up with barely a one-man wall, uh, with Ivan Tony being marked by our left-back rather than a centre-back um and for all of that dykes goes through on goal in first half injury time with chair in support and spats it into the stand so for all the refereeing stuff you know it's our own fault you can't you just, you have to take the refereeing cards as they're dealt right i'm ne- i'm never i'm never a fan of
1: of um, blaming refs because for exactly the reason you said you know it's very rare that a ref will actually dictate the result of the game but but there is the but, you know, you know we missed chances and we gave away uh, a silly goal. But in this occasion, I th- I th- and I think a lot of those decisions are marginal. In this occasion, it's not was not a marginal decision. And you wrote this in your report, Clive. Once he's given that free kick, it's a red card. It, 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 he either gives a free kick and he sends him off or he doesn't give a free kick at all. There's no middle ground there. He's cleaned through. He's got the ball at his feet. He's only got the goalie to beat. There there is no argument there, and so that's the kind of decision which which is what you get. You know, as you say, Clive, maybe with an an inexperienced. But Dan, he only did Uh, that because
3: he, Dan, he only did that because he didn't send off Nico. That was purely what that was. One bad decision led to another. He booked Nico for a stupid challenge, and then when it came to a proper booking, he had to not do it because the lad would have walked. And so, therefore, they got they got one as well.
0: That's my opinion. Well, I think I think in both the Watford and the Brentford games, you've seen inexperienced referees bottling big decisions when they arrived through lack of confidence, um, lack of experience. Um, yeah, I mean, it, again, it, it, but, you know, again, the Barbay penalty to...
1: for Watford was a was a clear penalty, isn't it? You it know, but it
0: was easier to give Watford a free kick. Yeah. Than to give QPR a penalty, you know, it's just it's an easy it's an easier decision to give a defensive free kick than a penalty in that situation. So that's that's what an inexperienced referee did. Um, but let's talk about our defending the set pieces next. Uh bear mine, obviously, because that's something you can work on, isn't it? Like we, just, yeah, I got it, frustrates me, Jack, to dig me out of my hole.
2: We just seem to be repeating the same mistakes since Warburton took over, you know, lead the league for conceding set-piece goals. We concede all types of set-piece goals. Sometimes they're just honest mistakes where a player's missed a clearance. Sometimes it's, as you say, poor mark in concentration. It's, I think it does come down to concentration mostly, but then what about the coaching? Are, are they coaching this? I mean, Warburton's adamant that they are, and there's a system in place for them to, you know, retrospectively, you know, be you know rewarded or you know disciplined by the set-piece defending. Okay, that again. Going to trouble with that. I'm trying to touch around. I don't want to bring up bad <laughs> memories for you, but um, but I just you know, it, it, what frustrating for the fact like you. I, I don't agree with the dissent in terms of Warburton should go or anything like that, because when you look at what you achieved last season with the squad, you know 13th was a pretty decent overall position. We've lost a lot of good players this year. We haven't really got going yet. Only four wins in the league, and I don't. We're still not in the relegations, and we're still not there yet. Whether or not we're sliding down, I don't know. But I do feel that he needs to be given a little bit more time. But what is for, what I was going to say? What is frustrating for, you know, I'd say us fans is that we're repeating the same mistakes over and over again, and they're not coaching it out for the players. We keep making them, and that's where people are getting frustrated. And yes, we might be lower mid table, in no immediate danger right now, but it's frustrating because it doesn't feel like we're really going anywhere. And that and that and that's frustrating, I think, for the fans at the moment. And that's where things are starting to bubble bubble over a little bit, I think, with you know a lot of fans. We concede the,
0: the same three goals. Every, mm-hmm. We concede goals off crosses. We concede goals off set pieces, and we concede goals off individual errors. Now, you could say that the team's young and we're buying projects and trying to develop players, and errors are going to happen. But the other two, that's that's got to be a You've got to be asking questions of the coaching and the management, haven't you? If you concede from crosses and set pieces over and over and over and over again, that you've got—it's reasonable to ask questions, is it not? Who's is it to ask the questions of the defense? Who's, who's
3: who is coaching the defense?
0: No, I'm saying it's reasonable for us to ask questions. Of oh the yeah, but who is actually? Is it, you
3: know, whose role is it to, to, to actually trade the defense to, to, to sort this out? Is it Warburton? Is his assistance? Is it someone else? I don't know. Because and he said
1: Eustace is coaching the attacking free kicks because he credited him with, mm. with the goal, didn't he? Um, but, I, I mean, I you sort of say it's making... It's, it's funny, Jack, you said, uh, you know, we're making the same mistakes. And I sort of think, well, yeah, in a broad sense, yeah. But actually, in most games, we're finding new mistakes to make. <laughs> it's like Masterson, Masterson one, misses yeah. his kick at the near post, you know. Rob Dickey, who was having another good game, I felt just, you know, just a dreadful kind of short pass under no pressure. they, They find different ways to concede. Terrible goals, you know, and
2: you can't blame the managers so much on individuals not concentrating or well, doing their jobs. I, you know, I I said
1: that, but but do you get to the stage where actually you have to because if yeah. if, if the players are, are continually making those silly mistakes, if that happens, you know, it is going to happen every now and again. Dieng made a, a you know a, a little mistake didn't he, the other day as his first sort of poor one, um, but but that's fine. You go well, Dieng made one. Poor mistake in in his fifteen odd games or whatever, but as a as a group they're making them in every single game, so is it because you know you you remember those old videos and you of Warnock screaming at his defenders, head it and kick it, get it out, don't mess about with it. you know those defenders were they afraid to make a mistake or are our players Afraid of making, you know? Do they need a bit of fear? Is what I'm saying. You know, normally, you sort of say we don't want to play without fear. But is that what they need? You know, do they need to be afraid to make a mistake? I don't. I mean, I literally don't know. I don't know what it is. I don't know why we're making so many individual mistakes. Because
0: I think they're all um, good players. Warburton, and that's what Warburton says. He'll say, "Look at- Connor Massison takes an air swing." I mean, I asked him. I remember asking him about the we conceded a goal off pre- uh, off a corner in preseason at Oxford. And he was like, Jeff Cameron uh, missed his header. Connor Master or whoever it was, um, lost his man. What do, you, what do you want me to do about that? And you, you could basically do that for a lot of them. Like you say, Masterson's air swing against Watford. What's the manager meant to do about that? Rob Dickey playing well again, passes the ball straight to their player last night while the full-back's committed. What do you want me to do about you know? So, But for this season and last season, as Jack has said, we are top of the stats for goals from headers, goals from crosses, goals from corners, goals from set pieces. They might be slightly different, but they, that's not a coincidence, is it? You can, you don't, you're not the worst in the Championship for 18 months by accident,
1: no. surely. And I, I did think, to be fair, after the debacle at Coventry, where, which, was, which was the real absolute yeah. worst of defending corners, I thought there was, a, there was an improvement for a few games, actually. And then we and now we just seem to have gone back. You know, it's, we're back to that thing that we had last season of conceding two a game again.
0: The Brentford, oh. the Brentford mm. goal, the Ivan Tony winning goal at Brentford is pure setup. That's not an individual mistake. That is yeah. pure setup. You yeah. haven't got enough people in the wall. You haven't got the right person marking the hottest striker in the division. One ball, one ball near post, and we've conceded a goal. That is setup. That is the way we are set up. That Ivan Tony goal.
3: But you could also say Naki Wells last night to get goal, for him to get cool side like that's embarrassing. There's no way he should he should have got right, that, that easy just to sort that of was slide a, it in.
1: It, that's right. But there was a that's, that's what that's what a good striker does. But that that was a catalogue of errors there. You know, Kakai didn't get really get close enough to um, uh, Martin. Don Ball let the let the running off his shoulder and was too late to catch him for the cross. And then uh, Naki got in front of. Um, Wallace at the far post. I mean, there was there was sort of three poor bits of defending there.
0: Well, let's see. Uh, let's talk about our fullbacks for a little bit because I've written that here and underlined it twice and punctured the paper because it feels like we have serious issues to me at fullback. Um, I mean, they exhumed the Caledonian sleeper again last night for a, for an outing and just we are basically playing a retired SPL player at left back and like he would not be in any other championship team with any other manager. He just, I'm trying not to stick the boot in. I appreciate I'm not in the best frame of mind and mood tonight, as you can probably tell. But four minutes in last night, he's heading a nonsense clearance up into traffic and Nagy goes through and should score. They should score after four minutes off Wallace. And again, as we saw at Coventry, a cross coming in from the opposite side and Wallace, instead of tracking the man to the back post, I couldn't even tell you what he's doing. Like, an experienced player. That's meant to be his big thing. He's meant to be experienced, captain of Glasgow Rangers. Just letting a man walk away from him at the back post. Um, Well, Well, last season,
1: Clive, when we were in situations like this, he'd bring back Rangel for a couple of games, wouldn't he? And you would get that from him. You would get what you're looking for from Wallace. You would get that from him. And he came back a couple of times and shored us up a bit and just gave us a bit of leadership at the back. And he went, well, OK, he hasn't quite got the pace that he had. But he did give us a little bit of solidity.
0: But Wallace, and I think that's
1: what he wanted from Wallace, but it's not well, happening, is it?
0: Well, he's he was only an SPL player in the first place and he hasn't been that for two years. He basically didn't play for two years before he got here and he hardly played last year. It's, we've, the Manning situation has backed us into this corner where we've either got a kid that's played very little at left back and... Personally, I think it looks a little bit much for him. He has had some good games recently, Nico. I think he looks a little bit weak, um, which is understandable given the lack of senior football he's played. So we've either got that or we've got Wallace. And those are our choices at left back. And it really shows. Um, and, again, you know, the 150000 we got for Manning or whatever is that really keeping us warm at night while those two are, are playing left-back? I don't know. Maybe, again, I'm being... Well, hurt. but again, I mean, mm. Manny might help
1: us go forward a bit, Clive, but he wouldn't have... You know, he, he made the same mistake, kind of mistakes that those two made. He did, but he's, be- he's yeah,
0: better than he's better
3: His stats are better, enough. He
1: is better, though, yeah. His <laughs> <better He's> stats <laughs> The only thing about Wallace is, I do worry because
3: he's been hauled off at half-time. Uh, apparently, he was sick. And he was then given the captaincy and hauled off again. It's just... I don't know. That's just a, that's a real worry. I mean, Glasgow Rangers fans look up to him, but I, I I can't see why him and Kelly have added to the squad at all. Apart from the fact he scares the shed out me every time he comes on the pitch. Um, because, he, you know, like you say, you look at what um, Rangel did and you think that's just stay. One thing he should be able to do is read the game and go back with people. We had it with Kenny Sanson came at the wrong end of his career many moons ago because I'm old. But you wouldn't have known that Kenny Sampson was as well into his studies with his players' foot, because he used his head instead of his legs.
0: He doesn't read it at all, does he? I just no. I mean to, to quote to steal a John Sitton quote, he wouldn't sense danger if he lit a bloody fire under his foot. Like he just <laughs> like I mean, can you could
1: you imagine us playing against a team that had him as a left back and we've got Bright on the right? We would be going he is going to... Imagine him. the chances we would create in that game. Create and miss, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> or when
3: or when Bright Sammy would get subbed and it was nil-nil and he was roasting him.
1: Yeah, yeah.
3: It just, I don't know, it doesn't make sense, but then, right, so it's all my full-backs. I presume the other one then is, we're going to look at Kane on the right-hand
0: side. I think Kane's, Kane's been playing all right. I'm a little bit yeah. worried about, about Kake. It's I a shame Kane got sent off when he did, really, because I think Kake could do with just a little... as. Warburton has been very good with the youngsters since he got here, sensing when it's time for them to have a little five games out and then bringing them back in. I feel like Kake had got to that stage and then Kane got himself sent off. Um, so I don't feel that Kake is playing particularly well, but I, I'm again maybe being unfair.
2: Yeah, you can tell that the opposition are trying to target Kake with the crossfield ball quite a lot in the air. I think a lot of teams have done a sort of scouting him and maybe think, can you get to him in the air? I don't know. I mean, well that thing about stopping crosses we don't seem to be stopping many crosses from fullback and that's part of the issue are the fullbacks being asked to do too much both ways is there enough protection for him i don't know but you you know yeah i think i agree kak might need a l- little rest if he can just to sort refresh um, ahead of a busy period coming up i'm wary of going all Harry Redknapp and QPR Twitter
0: about it, saying we need a new left back. We need a new right back. We need a new central midfielder because we know the financial situation and, you know, we can't just be going out and splashing money and and buying players. And that's fair enough. But the set pieces that we've already talked about and the ease at which we are exposed at the back, um, just often by one pass or one tackle lost or one ball given away, there's really no need. Dickie's, bad mistake for that goal last night there's no need for it to turn into a goal from where it is they had to do yeah. a lot to get it there or we had to do a lot to let them it can't just so be about signing players because we know the financial situation there's, there is stuff that we can improve surely look at the set pieces and the ease at which our back four is exposed that's again that's managers and coaches right it's been here 18 months
2: and I do wonder yeah. if our team is better set up to be an attack, um, a counter-attack team than it is possession team. Because I looked at the the games this season where we've had more possession versus when we had less possession, and the games where we had more possession, which includes the Brentford and Bristol City games, we've, there's been uh, nine games where we had more possession this season. We failed to win eight of them. When we've had less possession, which is six games, we've won three of them. So I don't, I don't, I don't know. Is there something in the setup that we, you know, could vary up a little bit? I don't. It's. I, I don't see us veering from the style that we're in. It seems very much that's the blueprint we play in. But it's just interesting to me that we seem to do a little bit better when we have less of the ball.
0: That is interesting because the idea of leaning on this defense, like trying to soak stuff up and break on teams, terrifies them. It's like leaning on custard. But <laughs> now he's said those stats.
3: Maybe not. That's a that's a worry. And the other thing is as well that you know, that, I know we're talking fullbacks, Clive. I know you're trying to keep it to a game plan. But you know, in my head's like. I'm I'm, also with the subs and then taking I mean we spent five million was it five million and three strikers which we needed to do everyone agrees that a lot of the um, EZ money went on strikers there's no problem with that but then we're only playing one at a time it seems and when you're chasing the game with one up front who Diggs is not a natural goal scorer by any means he needs someone else to come with him are we playing him in the system that suits him blah 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 I don't know but we're never going to score enough goals in this system in my opinion we've got yes. to change something.
0: I think Dykes, I don't watch a lot of Scotland because, you know, even I've got to draw the line somewhere. But I think Dykes does play one up front for Scotland, albeit with much better support players than, than we've got. And I don't think we played particularly well when he and Bon have played together this mm. season. Um, I mean, a big part of the problem we had against Rotherham was bringing Bon on and trying to push on with two up front. That, you know, We nearly collapsed against Rotherham, didn't we, doing that? I often think people say, let's play two up front without actually thinking through the problems it would give us further back. I don't know. Well, no, I just think if we play
3: against a team that's as bad as defended as we are, you've got a better chance for two of them? Mm. I'm not convinced you have. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's not working, is it? Let's be fair. I mean, four wins in 16, is it, Jack? Um,
1: yeah, in all comps, yeah. Yeah.
3: Yeah, so yeah, but I mean, me... t-
1: you know, two games ago we were saying last what was it? Last five games we've averaged two points a game. We're playing better. We haven't played any worse in the last two games than we were playing in those games before. We just I, I, we just didn't get, we just haven't got the results. Yeah,
3: that's also I fun. think have
1: we got have, have we got a point in either of those two games we would be a bit more positive tonight. I know that's all ifs and all of that, but yeah, you have I'm to. Not, sort of... I'm not ready to to start. You know. Killing myself, yeah. And we had we had a period like this last season, and I remember there being some stuff on the boards, Clive, about people saying, you know, there were some people saying we're going to smash someone soon and people getting angry with them and saying it's never going to happen. And then it got to January and it did. Um, you know, maybe that's that's coming. I don't know. That's, that's the idea, I guess the idea,
0: the idea is if we keep playing like we played in the first half last night, you are eventually going to win more than you lose. The problem I have with that at the minute is that's a very difficult level to sustain over even a whole game, which is what we're finding, right? We play well for 40 minutes at Brentford and 40 minutes against Bristol City, one half against Watford and things like that. It's very hard to sustain it over 90 minutes. And this, we have to sustain it for a long period of time just to score once. And as soon as we drop even very slightly below it, we concede. Like It's not a problem. Like, sure. It's the easiest thing in the world yeah. for us to concede. I think when it's as hard as it is for you to score as it is for us at the minute, and it's as easy to concede, while it's that way around, you're always going gonna to have a bit of a problem. You're not going to be thrashing anybody like that. Um, but I do mm. take your point that we were probably saying that this t- about this point last year, probably. Mm,
1: yeah. The, this time
3: the other thing is that, you know, that even if we carry on at this rate, the chances are we won't really get really good at it because, you know, Wednesday have got a lot to do. Um, Wickham have got a hell of a lot to do. So, you're kind of there's probably one space up for grabs. So, you kind of, but then if our philosophy every season is to be the fifth or sixth worst team in the division, one sometime you're going to come badly on stock when someone makes a run
0: for it, you know, that, that's just my opinion. I guess, but we the, shouldn't idea, get... I guess the idea, having sold Eze and Los Wells and Hugel, is that this season is the championship so weak, in theory, we won't get into trouble, we'll have enough. Meanwhile, you're developing players like Willock, Chair, and whatever to go on and, and be really good next season. But I feel like we've sat on this podcast for quite a few seasons now, saying, "You know, we're putting some hard yards in now, and it'll all be better next season." And then it never, it never quite materializes for one reason or another. And the it's, trouble is, it's hard. Ahead. Sorry, Jack. Carry on. Now
3: go on. No, I was going to say, sorry, mate. I'm, 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 I'm ranting at as, as a million miles an hour. It's harder for me to accept it as well when I see kids not coming back. Do you know what I mean? Because we all know kids like winning. I mean, our Lily, you know, she'll, she'll go down the game rather than going when she, You know, she did even when we weren't so great because there was always a hope we would win games. I mean, my mate's son, um, Mackenzie, he, he, he doesn't go as much as he used to because he's sick of us getting beat all the flipping time. Do you know what I mean? It's, it, has a, it does hit the, hurt the fan base when you keep losing, losing, losing because you, you need something to build on. Sorry, that was kind of my point, albeit a crap one. Jack hit me,
0: and then I'm going to ask the big question.
2: No, it was just a comment on about the squad, and you know, hoping for better times in the you know the, the next season. I think that it's hard to do that when you are turning around a lot of players each summer, and it's quite hard to That's build. That's what the newer said. Yeah, it's hard to build in it, and I, I don't think if we sell another. Three or four key players, and we have to replace them, and we're waiting for them to bed in, waiting for them to develop. And if that's just where we are, then because of finances, that's where we are. But it's it's hard to get, you know, excited, isn't it, about, about something like that?
3: i well, when only saw one in Eze really, haven't we? Let's be honest.
1: Yeah, it feels like I, I, I don't, you know, Bright's obviously going to go whether it's January or the end of the season, but um, I think beyond that, that's, you know, that is it for, I think, well, you know, the others I don't think are going to go next summer. So, that, so you know, you would help hope that we will build a bit next season. But. We've, we'll sold
0: our, we've sold our best player for four years running, really. Yeah. Smithies, Freeman, Eze, and now we presume Bright. And plenty of other talent has gone out of the team in that time as well, if you yeah. think about it. Good, good players that, you know, we may not have rated particularly highly or whatever, but good decent championship players that have played well elsewhere. newer Robinson... Bidwell, Luongo, Hugill, oh, yeah. Wells, um, rattling, rattling them off the top of my head, Eze, obviously, Freeman, yeah, good Smithies. It's a good championship team, that.
1: I mean, that's, that's the other point, Clive, you, you know, I, I don't want to, you don't want to just sit there and make excuses for Warburton, but when you look at what he's had to deal with in the 18 months since he's, not even 18 months since he's been here, it's, it's not been easy. I mean, a lot of managers, I think might have gone down last season under those conditions. He's, you know, 15 out 15 in beginning of, you know, only 14, 15 months ago, losing Freeman. He sold as a, we've lost Hugo, we lost Wells. That's very, very difficult to, to deal with. And I, and I just, I, you know, I slightly accepted a slow start to the season, but obviously that's, that's got to change. Now players are bedding in. Um,
3: but Wales yeah, yeah. Wells and Hugo were never
0: ours to lose, were they? To be fair, yeah, but they're still they're still there, still but, they're still the yeah, they're but they're still they're gone. Yeah, but they're on the lawn. I still got
3: to deal with goals.
0: it. it's still thirty goals going out of your team just because
3: we didn't. I, no, agreed. But what, what we're talking about developing players and then them leaving us, they weren't our players. We couldn't, you know, they were they were lawns, So no, a lot I'm of money just, was I'm spent just saying them well.
0: that we should, you know, you should maybe we should we our expectations are maybe too high of a team that has lost the amount of talent. Out just out of the starting eleven. Whether we how I many the other
3: two. championship teams have had to sell players and survive and go and find different ones and rebuild? Yeah, you know, fifteen players coming in every season is not rebuilding. That's just madness.
0: Yeah, no. Well, you you won't get any disagreement from me on that, right? Warburton in, Warburton out. Round the table, one word. Oh God, manager, hokey, cookie. Thinny. manager in, manager out. I'm not into
3: second managers anymore. I think, and I've said it a million times. If we sack Warburton, then the board will have a really hard decision what to do with everyone else in the club and that includes Lez and everyone else so we need stability we need we need structure we need everyone to to be a bit, the best that they can be Um and I think bringing people in who's going to bring a whole lot of new staff a whole lot of new players is probably the last thing we need but I think if, if Warburton doesn't work then sadly Lez and others are going to have to look, look at their job as well I don't want that to happen because I like Lez and I think that you know he's had a hard job and he's doing really well but it's just progression. If we want progression, I'm not sure this is working if we keep
2: second managers.
0: Manager in, manager out. Jack?
2: I'm in for now, but I think there's plenty to be concerned about going forward um, that needs needs addressing. We've touched on all of it. Don't need to go over it again. But you know, loft, the record, you know, Loftus Road of under, the under Warburton, he's won as many as he's lost, 13. And he's conceded 60 goals in 35 games and four clean sheets. It's, it's, it's not good enough at home. Need to be better at home, um, so I'm in, but you know, let's see how the season progresses and see where we're at, at the end of the season. Hopefully, as you, we're you know, we're nowhere near the relegation battle, but yeah, I'm in, in for now. I would say,
0: Danny, are you in or out? That's what she said.
1: <laughs> no, I'm definitely in. I think, I think there's, I love, you know, it's well, it's frustrating watching his teams play, but I love. Watching them, you know, that 40 minutes last night, I was gasped, I was literally gasped, going, oh my God, that's that's brilliant. And I've done that loads, you know, and he's, he's built that. We didn't have that under McLaren. You know, we had Freeman basically carrying the team around on his back. You know, we, it, there are so many positives, but there are also so many negatives. I don't think I've ever seen a, a QPR side like this, where you, you know, we're, we're either, you know, it could be quite good or we're, we're really quite rubbish. I don't think I've ever seen a team that is that is... Oh well, you know we're really good, and at the same time as being quite awful, it's it's, <laughs> it's it's baffling, you know. I mean, you know, another day we would have been and up against Bristol. If we had if we had peak Charlie Austin, I was texting this to my friend during the game yesterday. If we had peak Charlie Austin playing in this team, he'd he'd be scoring two or three goals again.
0: think stone, absolutely... cold, stone cold Steve Austin might have scored a couple last. Yeah, there.
1: exactly. <laughs>
0: You know, he would have nope. he he would have destroyed uh, Bristol last night
1: with what we were doing in that first half. Yeah,
0: the, the trouble the trouble well, is. I mean, it's there's no point in thinking so. like
3: that. I know, but
0: the trouble is, you really.
3: can't we can't keep second, though, can we, Clive? I mean, let's be honest. I mean, but Jesus, yeah, we're still like, paying half the other lot off.
0: Yeah, so I'm 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 obviously manager in. I, I tend to be manager in, regardless of what's going on, unless it's Paul Hart or I think I think <laughs> Hair Island Steve had pushed me over the edge by the end. I think. Um, Pushed over the edge of Blackpool. I, know, I If you change, I think if you change mid-season as well, it's a big. It becomes a big issue. I think you're only really doing that because you desperately need six or twelve points from the next six games to keep you up. I think because that's basically the only benefit you get from it. You might get a little short-term burst, and then all the same problems that have cost this manager the job are still there. And so, changing mid-seasons a problem. I also think. I think what our fan base, and maybe we're not unique in this, is quite prone to doing is if we've got a manager that likes to pass and play progressive football and it doesn't go well, we start pining for a bit of an old school Pulis Warnock type. And if we've got an old school Pulis or Mick McCarthy or someone like that, we say we're bored with the football. I don't actually mind us losing as long as we play football properly. When we've got an English guy, we talk about getting a foreign guy. And when we've got a foreign guy, we talk about, oh, does he know the championship? And do you see what I'm saying? We always, the grass is always a little bit, you know, when we've got an old experience manager, we want a young up and coming thing. When we've got a Premier League manager like Rednap, we want someone from the lower leagues. It can always feel like we're pining for for something we- that's not there. And if you remove Warburton now and did go down a more traditional championship route, um. You know, like Chef Wednesday have appointed Pulis. The Cowleys are sort of kicking around, although it looks like they're going to Sunderland. If you got somebody like that, this squad is not built for that. That You know, if Pulis... I don't think there's a player in our squad Pulis would give the time of day. I'm just using him as a catch-all example. I know he's not, not a thing. Um, I, I
1: mean, understand. as a fan base, <laughs> when would you... You would have to go back to Holloway's first spell for us not to be having this conversation, even if, even if we're all for the manager to stay for the fan base as a whole, to be not having this conversation after about 15 months, if not earlier, even, even under Warnock, you know, why not Warnock, but even Warnock was about 18 months. It didn't take long in the premier league for a group of fans. You won't hear from them now because none of them will admit it, but the board was alive with fans saying he can't do it in the premier league. You need to get rid. You're right. You know, there has not been a manager and it, and it was, you know, and even really Holloway had it, even during a successful spell. He had it pretty much the whole time he was there.
3: And I was saying that, in fairness, I think that the football we played under Warnock in that season we went up was was fantastic. It was probably yeah, it's probably the short. best football I've seen a Neil Warnock side play. Yeah. You know, because I was, I'll be honest with you, I was dreading it when he came and I thought I'm going to have to get like a flipping giraffe neck. You know, and stuff like that. but the football he played was excellent. But yeah, I mean, there was people calling for his head in the Premiership. He's not good enough. It's the same people who said as he was too lazy. The same people who have said Adele couldn't trap a bag. Blah blah blah. And then you know they, they say he's the greatest things ever. No one ever admits to. It. But yeah, you're right, Dan. There was people calling for Warner. Said no one remembers it, but
0: they were calling for his head. If you replaced, now, it looks ridiculous. If you replaced Warburton, you would either have to replace him. You would well, you would have to replace him with someone of similar style because yeah. of the squad that we've built. Exactly. And if he did that, what would change other than, you know, hopefully it would be someone that can set us up for set pieces and crosses better, but not, I don't think much would, would change. These strikers aren't suddenly going to start taking chances that they're missing. I don't think if you go in a different direction, the squad isn't built for it. So you'd be faced with another huge turnover in January. And again, next summer, presumably trying to, skew the squad in favour of the style of manager you've now appointed. And if we happen to get bored and have a bad run of results while that's been going on, then are we going to pivot back and pivot mid-pivot? Uh, sooner or later, you've got to stick with someone, I think. And he's still done enough f- for me to to be kept with. I'm, f- I'm frustrated, as you can probably tell by my tone on this tonight. And I'm angry after last night. And there's a lot of things about him that drive me up the bloody wall. But I think you've got to... Steve. I'm
3: going to tell him that so when we'll he sees you next time you can see. <laughs> Sorry, I think I'm barred. I don't think I'm okay. I think you're still in third. Jack, help me out here. Who is going to finish below us?
2: Well, um, you'd think Rotherham, wouldn't you? They'd finish mm-hmm. below us. Um, it's, again, this is quite like, I'm just guessing there, aren't you? But I mean, Sheffield Wednesday and Derby are quite far off. But, they're only going to need a run of three or four wins in a row to get out of trouble, you know, with the managers, you know, like Tony Pulis, you could see them doing that with Sheffield Wednesday quite easily. I think Wickham, you know, they've got, they've made some, you know, some good signings, but I don't know if they're going to ultimately have the quality to stay up. And then you look at lights of Coventry and, you know, you think maybe those three teams are going to finish below us, but, you know, I wish we weren't looking below. I wish we were looking up and pushing on, especially after last season. And I thought we recruited quite well, but, they're taking a little bit more time to bed in than I thought, some of the new signings. And yes, yeah, so there's some big misses and there's a lot of things accounting for us. having a bit of a patchy run of form of late, but I don't think we're going to be in trouble. So I think, you know, I'm going to stick with sort of manager in at this point. I think there's enough in the team, the way they're set up to get enough wins, enough points on the board. We, the fact that we're creating a lot of chances is a good sign. If we weren't creating any chances and playing possession football and going nowhere with it, then you've got quite a lot of cause, I think, to be like, well, you know, we do need to pivot in style somewhat. The obvious one would be Ainsworth, wouldn't it? And then, how long would it take for fans to be upset with the type of football we'd be playing under Ainsworth? Or at give Ainsworth better players? Can he, he? Would the style of play improve? It's a lot of unknown. But you no, know, I think we have to stick stick with Warburton. I don't think changing mid season has done us any favors, really. And we, you know, there's, I, you know, I think we're. We will, I think, one of those teams where we'll go on a little run, won't we? We we'll win a couple of games in a row. We'll sort of start thinking, "Oh, how far are the playoffs?" Then we go back on another run like that, then we will be lose a couple of games. So, as you know, as said previously in this, I think we're a team that is fun to watch, but equally very frustrating.
0: I quite fancy us at Huddersfield just to continue my schizophrenic podcast uh, <laughs> hosting. I quite, I quite fancy us at the weekend. The other problem with the point in mid-season, of course, is it would have to be someone that we can afford. Somebody that would come and work under this budget with this squad, and probably somebody who's out of work, and that is not a particularly attractive list. Um,
2: I'm Steve,
0: Steve Cotterill's got work this yeah. week. Um, yeah. Someone
3: said someone said in one of the Twitter feeds that I was reading the other day about Nigel Pearson and that terrified me. But, but I might Nigel, be to... Nigel
0: Pearson was a Premier League manager last year. Is he going to come and work for the money we we would offer him personally and also and with no and with no him. budget? Yeah, I I think I see Eddie Howe mentioned. Like Eddie Howe, yeah, it's insane, yeah. It's like, just not. It's not I think happening. Like, real, it's right. The idea that Eddie Howe might come to QPR is like. So I mean, who realistically are you look at, you look at one managers. It,
1: I mean, I'd be surprised if it happened. If it if it was not Ainsworth, I think that's that's because that. Yeah. I, I don't think that's the right decision. I, I think, and I think it'd be a bad choice for Gareth as well. To be honest, I think it'd be a bad choice for the club. But I think that's what they would go for, just on the history of what the club has done in appointments over the last few years. They'll, they'll they'll go, we need to we need to placate the fans. Everyone will welcome Ainsworth in. He'll be given, you know, a generous six months before people start saying they don't like his football and it's and he's out of his depth. Six minutes, and, uh, you know, and then we'll be looking for the next one. So. <laughs> We gave, we gave Radek Journey two
0: minutes. That was it. That's yeah, still, our, yeah. it's still, it's still our best <laughs> yeah. yet to be
1: beaten. The, the uh, other thing you've got, you
3: got to think to yourself as well, is the board too quiet? Because we don't really hear from anyone at the top anymore. do We've gone from like
0: our chairman being... That's that's a good like thing. brilliant.
3: Absolutely yeah. brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> it is. But we've gone for again, it's, 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 it's extremes, isn't it? We've had like the chairman on before who literally, you know, give us opinion on managers on Twitter and everything else and blah, 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 blah. And now we hear absolutely nothing, which, you know, is, is is kind of different, I guess. But, you know, I do wonder what the board's expectations are really sometimes, because you never really here. But that's just me personally. I'd like Can't to hear more from Amit.
0: I, uh, um, I did notice that Tony had put a little uh, Instagram post up last week with the QPR badge on his uh, crest um, with his usual, we're developing a style, we're developing this, we've finally got an ethos. Let's see. I, know I Whenever he finishes one of his social oh, media God. posts with let's yeah. see, I go and hide in the cupboard under the stairs. <laughs> Here we go. It's going to blow it all up again. Anyway, round and round in circles we go. Let's do um, ticket ballots. We might actually get to go and see our accident-prone football team again in the flesh. <laughs> I'm busy. Uh, COVID now lives in the pubs and not at the football ground. So it's a, it's a bad face from last time. Not allowed to go to the pub, but we can go to the football ground now. COVID has moved very considerate of it. Clever disease, learns, very dynamic. Um, and if you have a, a substantial meal, it leaves you well alone. Yeah, it knows if it's a business meeting. It knows all sorts. I'm amazed they've got a vaccine for it. It's basically a, it's a living organism. So clever, this COVID. But we can apparently go to the football as long as there's only 2,000 of us there. 2,001 or more, COVID lives. But it doesn't if there's only 2,000 of us there. And so there's going to be 2,000 people, in theory, at Reading next week, Upper South Africa Road and Upper School End. Tickets decided by a ballot on Friday. First of all, let's go around the table. Are you going to be entering the ballot? Do you want to go to football? And how do you think? Secondly, how do you think the club should divide up these two thousand tickets, assuming there are two thousand people that want to go? Which I'm not convinced Stoke at five thirty on a Tuesday night would meet that criteria. Paul, will well, you be going? How should it be done?
3: I'm, I don't think I will actually. I just I'd rather go when everyone can go when it's it's the love to throw that we know and love. And cherish um, the idea is sitting on my own in an empty row, ranting at my feet because it's all I can talk to uh, in a cold night. I, I did think that's like rather cold actually. I thought, oh, I looked at my seat and thought that'd be that'll be chilly. Um, so I'm not really. I, I'm, I'm, it's just getting people in for the sake of it in some ways. But I understand people's mental health. We, they need to get back to football. They need to get back in the habit. They need to look after their heads. And I get it. I just don't fancy sitting on me. own. Well, if I can sit with friends and everything else, but I don't know how that's going to work
0: with households and blah, 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 it wouldn't be so bad. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't think at this stage I'll be entering, no. How do you think the club should go about doing 2,000 tickets between however many people want to come?
3: I wish them the best because they're damned if they do, they're damned if they don't, and if they're, and they're damned if they do the middle bit. There's no way of pleasing everyone. You know, they, they could go for families and bubbles, and that's fine. And anyone's going, well, it's not my fault, I live alone. I'm being penalised for living by myself, or whatever. I mean, the one thing I don't really get is if people can't go and you've got three people living in the same household, they've all got to pay for a stream. That seems a little bit harsh to me, um, and a little bit on first, so that's going to be looked at. I don't know. It's, it's, it's impossible. I think a ballot is probably the only way of doing it. But then, for the Stoke match, you know, good luck in finding 2,000 people that, A, are going to be enthusiastic to go after the next few results if they go wrongly, and also can get there for 5.30. That has got to be ridiculous. Welcome
0: back, and Sky, come and kick up the arse and change all the rules. I'm struggling to think of a word that I can use on this podcast for Sky moving the first game with fans back to uh, a time on a work day when people are at work. So, very considerate of them. Jack, will you be entering a ballot uh, and how do you think the club should do it?
2: Well, no, won't be entering the ballot. I'm currently living in Tier 3. So, in Kent. Ah. So, we we had season tickets but we cancelled them, probably like quite a few people at the time. um, Got the refunds, but we... Can't apply from even if we wanted to get them back at this point. So we've got to wait.
0: That's a good point, actually. I'd I'd forgotten about that. Where are you?
2: Uh Broadstairs, Kent. So Southeast, right in the court, Fanet, um the district.
0: I love Broadstairs. It's yeah. very nice. Three, I was because uh Dave Barton was on our message board today pointing out that Slough randomly just slough in the whole of Berkshire and that whole area is in
2: tier three. And I think a lot of QPR fans come in from out there, so
0: yeah. he can't he can't
2: yeah, there's quite a few that get the train on the south east line up up from you know from Kent into to London. So yeah, I think there'll be quite a few affected by that. Um yeah, we're just a, number, a group that you know there's four of us in our upper Loftus Roads um row that we were in J U. But yeah, no, I'll be watching on the stream for the foreseeable. Would you have come if you could? Um, I think if we were gonna go, we were gonna drive up rather than maybe go by the train, which is a, a much longer journey for us. But I think we just, you know, maybe felt a little bit safer that way. But I don't know. I, I think uh, I'd have to discuss that with my mum, dad and my brother and see if they were up for going. I probably would have been a sad case and gone on my own. But, yeah.
0: That's the spirit. That's, yeah. that's the man after my own heart there. Dan, uh, into the ballot? I yeah. Mr. I Happy, mean, who it's equidistant between you and I.
1: I've, um, yeah, I've, I've created uh, 20 other identities to put into the ballot. I have I cannot <laughs> wait to come back. I would. I would do anything. I don't care. I don't, I don't honestly, Finney, I get, get your point, but I couldn't care less if I'm the only person in the stadium. I, I just, I just need to. I, I've been going to football since I was two years old. Mm, I've never, too. I have never not been to a football stadium for this length of time in my life, not even close to it. I, I miss it so much. And I can't, you know, my wife does not enjoy me watching, I'm does not enjoy me watching QPR on the TV, let's put it that
0: way this morning worse, isn't it it's worse i get so much more nervous watching
1: yeah, it on the tv mu- yeah it uh, it's much worse it's much more nerve-wracking watching it at home because you can't you can't well i don't you know i shout a little bit <laughs> uh i did get asked this morning what did you kick um which i think must have been when Naki scored um hmm. but, uh yeah no I, i'm definitely in the ballot um with uh my mate Alex, I'm going to be in a bubble, so we're hoping that we will. We that will is get a point. Can, you, can can different households?
3: Sorry, I'm being really stupid because that's my job in life. But um, can different fam, can different
0: fans from different I households believe, sit together? I believe you can form what is known as a support bubble with one other household and bubble up with them. Which, given Cindy's ongoing babysitting of you on match days would definitely count as a support level. Could- well, that's
3: what I'm thinking, because if I
0: don't apply, then they
3: can't go, and that's unfair and them. And Dan just got me in the mood for it again by, by making me act the same long and hard.
0: So on this podcast, I've done a whole 360. <laughs> that's what I like about me. It lasted It lasted uh, as long as your uh, your Twitter hiatus.
3: <laughs> I, know, I mean, men, mental health-wise, I have so missed it. Mm. And, you know, even even talking to you, Clive, is becoming something that I cherish. My ass. Uh,
1: also, yeah, exactly. also, Finney, I think there's something else to it. I was there, I was at the um, lot, uh, Loft End lower when we beat Everton 2-1 uh, the day it all got dug up when Les scored in the last minute. Devon White was,
0: Devin White punched yeah. one
1: in. Yeah, he did. And I, <laughs> and I got the certificate signed by Jerry Francis and uh, uh, Richard Thompson, still got that somewhere, saying that I was there. And actually, I think there's something a little bit historical, like... I, oh, I was there the first day they let fans back in again at the KTF. Do, do you know there. something as well? Pete
3: Doherty printed my photograph in his fanzing of the last <laughs> game at the Loft. Yeah. <laughs> was, with oh, really? Yeah, with my mates sitting down. It was in 90 Minutes, an old magazine called 90 Minutes. Oh, yeah. And and it, and, then Pete, and it was Loft We Forget. it was a couple of my mates on it. And um, I took the photograph because I, I thought I was a budding photographer. Blind as a bat, no idea what I was doing,
0: but somehow I managed to get a photograph published. Old copies of ninety minutes and certificates from the last day of the lower loft, both worth more than share certificates from the Chris Wright flotation. And I've got them. You got them as well. Uh, Dan, how doing, you with well the club? They're on a hide into nothing, right? Do we all agree? Like, what, it, there's no perfect. Yeah, league. I mean, it won't. It, there's no 100% fair way.
1: I think the ballot is the fairest way. I, I mean, to be to be honest, if you get annoyed because you haven't been picked, I mean, what can, I don't know what you think the club can do. So. I, for me, if I don't come out of the ballot, well, I was unlucky. It's like being annoyed at not winning the lottery. I, don't, I, I just, the don't, I just don't think there's a, there's, there is a completely equitable, fair way of doing it. Is there? And so, he's
0: going to tell a tale from old Belfast now and then
3: we'll do ours. <laughs> end. Thank you. Thank you, Dan. Thank you, Clive, Clancy, Jack. Of course, I've actually I had a full blown argument with someone once, which is unlike me. Well, um, they, you know, I think it was colchester when we were going for the playoffs. If you remember, rightly and their, their terrace is quite small, and the the club were doing it for tickets. Blah blah. blah. And this bloke at the rim, and who me? And I said, well, you know, how long have you had the season ticket? He goes, oh, I haven't been to game for twenty years, but I really fancy going to that one.
1: Yeah.
0: You know, I think well, it was past, really fun. So it was cool. Aunt Nelly on the on the board a couple of years ago, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah and then then next time you're going to do that, just put your hand up in the air beforehand, so I can cure up the Hovis advert music. <laughs> uh, <laughs> We didn't have <laughs> Hobbes in Belfast. You look really hurt. Um, no, no, we yeah, didn't have was in Belfast. We had Mother's Pride. Aunt Nelly did become a thing on the message boards around the time of the Leeds promotion game when suddenly 35,000 people deserved a ticket to that game. Uh, deserved, exactly quotation marks. Right. right. ours end. Jack, go first.
2: But scrambling for um, an idea, really. But I think, for, really, I want to end on more of a positive. I, I like... As I said earlier, I like that Willet chair and Bright say Samuel was a front three, and I'm looking forward to seeing that get a bit more game time over the course of the next few weeks. I think we might get a few more points once they you know they start gelling better and you know, a little bit on Ilyas chair, you know a lot of a lot has been put on his shoulders this year to replace Eze. and you know at least from you know statistical point of view he's you know he's got four goals already, I think you know equaling his league goals, yes you know last season. He's by far our most creative player. I think he's second in the league for chances created. Like he, he, he's getting there. I think he's getting there. So I think you know he's setting himself up for a really strong second half of the season. And I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm with my positive hat on. I'm looking forward to seeing some of the youngsters starting to develop a bit more, really, because that's you know what I'm clutching to.
0: He's not tracking too far behind Eze's stats for last season. If you take away the penalties that Eze scored but our chair obviously doesn't take penalties if he did he could potentially have four more four more goals on his tail.
2: yeah absolutely and I think you know he hasn't got any assists you know by opter definition assist anyway but and that I I think that's more down to the finishing of the players around him because he's certainly creating chances for people this season if the numbers are anything to go by Um, I think when you see the games in person your eye test you know you can sort of get a better feel but at least from watching behind a screen miles away He's looking like he's starting to come on a little bit so
0: brentford fans on our message board thought he was our best player on uh, friday dan what's uh, what's your hours then mate um
1: oh it's you know pretty pretty similar i suppose you mentioned um chrissy willock earlier and i suppose a little you know i just want to add to that i thought i i really um enjoy him watching him play he looks like an intelligent player he's got a trick he's fast Made that sort of mistake, didn't he? Was it in the Rotherham game? But apart from that, I'm really impressed with him. I think and I think there's a I, and it feels like there's a lot more to come there. Um, I, I think we're going to see a lot more from him. Be nice for him to get a goal. I mean, that's you know, again, we talk about not putting our chances away, but how unlucky was he uh, against Bristol City? Curled that one, you know, looked up, saw a gap in the corner, and then someone just ran back and managed to get a knee on the line and get it off. So. He's, he's an exciting player. Um, uh, and, and I think, you know, you look at the players we signed this summer, I'm pretty pleased with all of them. That's one thing, would, another thing you would say about Warburton. You know, I think Dickie's a good signing. I think Willock's a good signing. Adoma's a good, good signing. I like Bonn, um, I like, bon, I like uh, Dykes. I think they've all been, you know, maybe not all amazing, but I'm pleased with them all.
0: Finney, births, marriages and deaths. Actually, funny you should say that.
3: Um, on this side, quickly, my my favourite side is sticky, but um, I think he, yeah, I think he's going to be a great player. And I think we talk about players who will go on to bigger things and be sold for money. There's one right there, and I think Willock as well is is exciting. And I'm um, not sure about Bone. I think he's got some of the about him, and he will get better. I hope he gets better because that one he missed last night was bad. Um, but then he's only getting a bit parts here and there, so it's not fair to judge him on that. But yeah, the, the science have—they've been much, much better than what they have been to be fair. Um, sadly, one of my mates died. Uh, sorry, Clive. I you said burst, but it's isn't death. Gary Martin died I, I, uh, I, I, a, a couple of weeks ago, and it just—it just sort of brought home how many people won't be there when we go back. And it's, I find that a bit sad. But yeah, Guy was one of the first people I went to QPR with, home and away for many years, and um, it's really sad. He's only. 55 years of age and he's gone. So that that's really that that threw me as well. Lost quite a few friends this year and it's been quite sad. So you know people like Russell and John Quinlan and him and John Reed were people I hung out for years and I probably did their head in. Um, I was a bit of a prat when I was young, but he'll be missed and it's sad. Believe it or not, Clive, I can't be a bit of a prat sometimes. I know you find that shocking. I said nothing.
0: Prediction yes. staying with
3: uh, Finn. What, what, one, one thing I will mention as well we haven't talked about Ansel Ferdinand, but that will be sorted next week and next week's podcast. It ha- we haven't forgotten for people who are going to say, they never talked about Ansel Ferdinand. We will be
0: next week. And look forward to that. What's your prediction for Saturday, Finn? Huddersfield away. I'm absolutely friggin' furious. I love
3: Huddersfield away. It's one of my favourite away days. The pubs are good. Uh, I even get gluten free beer. Take that on your bingo card. Um, and everything else. It's a brilliant day. I, people are signed up there. I love it. And I'm devastated I can't go. Devastated the a wrong word because you know during the pandemic. Are, but yeah, that's sad. Um, I, I think if we get a point, I'll be really happy. Um, and if we can put play for 85 minutes as well as we can play for 40 minutes and take three points, I'll be ecstatic. Uh, and yeah. my prediction is probably lose two one again. But <laughs> there you go.
1: Jack, Managed I to predict still. all three things there, Finny.
3: <laughs> I know it's good, isn't it? That's called cover your arse, sir, Dad.
0: No, I'm none the wiser. I'm none the wiser to what Paul thinks of Saturday. Jack, no one
3: ever is, Clive. No one ever is. Why should the day be different?
0: Where's this mute button?
2: I think we're going to win two-one. I'm quietly confident. I think I've seen enough good attacking play that surely at some point we're going to, you know, take our chances in the first half. If we come out firing like we did against Bristol City, I'd like to, you know. Yeah, I think two one. I still think we're going to concede. That's a given. But I, you know, I'm quietly confident. Not sure why after two defeats in a row, but I think we can do it.
0: Dan, how do you see Saturday?
1: Uh, I'm I'm going to go. I'm going to agree with Jack. Two one. Just on the basis of when we have a couple of difficult results like that, Warburton historically has managed to get us a result. So, and surely law of averages. I, I, you know, as I said before. I think we're not playing, we're not playing badly. We're making, we're, we're making poor decisions and doing things badly. But as a team, we're not playing badly. So surely we're going to put
0: a result out at some point, getting away win. I think we'll win 3-2. And I never come on here and think we'll win. I just think Huddersfield with their new manager are trying to do the same thing that we do, but they're not as good at, at it as we are. And there'll be loads of goals and we'll win. So that's guaranteed that we won't. And... Nice feeling, no, <laughs> yep, yeah, save you all the bother of watching. Cheers, Jack, Dan, and Finn, for your time. This has been Open All Ours. Hopefully, better next week. UKR,